What's good, everybody, and welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Thursday, July 18th, 2019. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by the best hair in the business, Fran Mirabella III. So good to see you, Andrea. Good to see you too, Fran. I heard the news while I was on the road, oh, and everybody's yes. all sad that you're leaving, but not oh, yet. Oh, I know. So we are going to definitely um, talk about that. Might as well just talk about it now. So you guys <laughs> might have heard on Monday. <laughs> let's, just like talk, let's just get right into it, Kevin. Peeled no. the band-aid right off. Don't cry, Kevin. It's going to be okay. So on Monday, I announced that, yes, I'm going to be leaving kind of funny, unfortunately. But it's for a fantastic reason. My husband, John Drake, was announced as the new vice president of business development business development and licensing for Disney, which is, is super exciting for him. That and he's really cool. down in Los Angeles already uh, hard at work at his brand new gig. So very happy for him. And I've been looking forward to getting back to Los Angeles for quite some time. Of course, I started my career in L.A., lived there for a very long time uh, while I was working with Mahalo and Smosh and GT and a whole bunch of other people like Clever. And so really excited to get back down there. But, you know. I've been trying, yeah. you guys, to convince Kind of Funny to move to Los Angeles. I've been working. I've planted the seed. <laughs> this is part of your plan. A long then. time ago, knowing this day so would come. Now that you're there, we have to go down there. Exactly. So we're one step away. I just come on down, Kevin. I told everyone Fran would just go with us. Yeah, yeah. Fran, you'd be in, wouldn't you, Fran? I mean, I'd have to figure some things out. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Sure it's not. It's a stone's throw away. See, he said he's fine. fine with it, Kevin. I'm sure your brother would be fine. Yeah, exactly. I would say my brother. He's an adult. He'd be uh, fine. Um, so but, what that what does that mean for Kind of Funny Games Daily, you may be asking? Well, because be we're still looking for um, a place to live in Los Angeles. John is in uh, corporate housing, temporary housing right now. Um, I will still be on the show for the next month or two. Probably not going to be leaving until uh, much later. Yeah, um, early fall, maybe right? even. So um, September. So we got lots of time, you guys. Don't worry. Um, so keep sending in your questions to patreon.com slash kindfunnygames. Gamescast is still going to roll on um, as per usual uh, until I leave as well. And then I'll come up here from time to time. It's not that far. Exactly. Don't lie away. to the kids. Don't <laughs> lie to the kids. <laughs> Anyway, it's good to be back for a Frandria. It's been That's too long. That's right. It's, it's Frandria been... Thursday. And we got Frandria Friday tomorrow, too. I know. Because it's Greg, of course, is dose. at Comic-Con. So let's get into the show because, yes, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, your source for video game news in the morning. And you guys can watch it live at twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you watch it live, you guys have a special job to help keep us honest by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to let us know what we screw up as we screw it up to set the record straight for everybody watching on podcast services around the globe. If you don't want to watch it, or excuse me, I should, should have said listening on podcast services. If you want to watch the show, you can see for a my amazing Wonder Woman skirt that I'm wearing today. It's really nice. So this was an outfit. I'm just going to stand up for a second. Yeah, so, you guys little, little, so, so I got the full thing here. That is such an awesome dress. I love um, it. I bought this outfit for Comic-Con, um, and unfortunately, my plans changed, and I'm not going to Comic-Con this year, which I'm actually kind of excited about. Yeah. But if you want to see my um, my Wonder Woman outfit, you got to go to kind of, or YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Yeah. yeah, take that moment. Just head over there, support us over there, too. Even if you only <laughs> listen a few more subs, maybe me and Fran gets to stay around, because you know Andrew's <laughs> leaving, and like you want a sub. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. If, if you want to head over there, the dress is amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, if you guys want to be part of the show, take that fandom of Kind of Funny one step further, of course. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games is where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members get the show ad-free today. On the show, speaking of which, we're talking about Plants vs. Zombies 3, mm -hmm. Tim Willits is leaving id, and Ubisoft CEO has something to say about Stadia porting. But we'll get to that in just a minute. A little bit of housekeeping first. The Lego Podcast Studio needs your help, best friends. Kebabs made the kind of funny set in Lego form. <laughs> so Here cool. it is up on oh, screen. Shit, Thank you, it. Kevin. We did it. Wait, and is it done? Well, so uh, uh, if you got over 1,000... It's in the game? It, no, 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 no. No. So sure. this is the first step. We yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. quite succeeded yet, Kevin. We need 10,000 votes, and it will become a reality at kindoffunny.com slash Lego. So make sure. Don't don't let Kevin fool you. We still need your well, support, best friends. But now there's an extension. Once you pass 1,000, right. we hit that. Which but we still but need 10,000. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You need it's eight, incredible. 8,205 more votes. Is that right? Oh, yes. Look at, look at I, the brain on Fred. No, I can't. No, I did that look wrong. Look at yeah, 8, you're way wrong. Eight hundred five. I don't know. You're off by one hundred. I was off. Anyways. I was so close. But look at my little ponytail on the little Lego Andrea on the set. 
It's it's pretty cool, right? So wait, who is that? That's on the that's uh, gotta, Tim. May, no, I why is Tim? Bald? I think this is Jared. We gotta get Jared oh, out of there. <laughs> it's Jared. I was well, like, why is Tim bald? Submitted. Like it's a guy with a we beard. We also don't have He's, a blonde lady, so. Yeah, who's the blonde? Do we? Either way, I guess maybe that's Tim because the glasses. Yeah. Tim never wears his glasses though. He wore wait, them who, that one time. Who's in the <laughs> red shirt with the hair? <laughs> That's pretty good hair. <laughs> the guy uh, in the red kind of looks that's like Andy, me, doesn't that's it? That's Andy. That's not you. Oh, that is that's Andy. That's definitely Andy. Man, yeah. what a what This a is Napoleon either me complex. or Nick, Nick Scarpino. That's definitely you, Kevin. That's 100% that's you absolutely. on the controls. It has a control We can never let watching. Scarpino. This is really good. It's got the walls on the side, the which there's a split in them, showing the shelves, showing that they're modular. Look this at is the really, LED really wall. Well done. Yeah, I mean, this is really well done. Really awesome. So Excellent. that's why you got to get over there. What kind of funny.com slash Lego L E G O. That's it. Just like it sounds. If we ever make the, like make this happen, I'm going to buy two of these bad boys. One to like just have set up somewhere and then one to like rebuild to make it more accurate to the actual studio. Yeah. You got to get the, the, the little Benandria Renee Lego. Have you oh, seen yeah. my I'm playing Lego Tower. Um, and I tweeted that I found a banana hat in the Lego in the Lego Tower game, mm. and so I could become Ben Andrea every night in the Lego. I'll tweet it again if you guys want to play. Yeah. I'm always looking for more friends in Lego Tower. Um, all right, okay. Greg is getting his 100th platinum this Monday, July 22nd, so starting at 4 p.m. Pacific time, right here at Twitch.tv/KindOfAnyGames. If you want to watch, we'll be playing the division. I'm inviting myself. There it is. There it is. You, you want to come, friends? Should all get together. Greg mentioned it, so I think. Um, as long as I can make it happen schedule-wise, I'm in. You just can't be in your menus the whole time, okay? No, I'll okay. prepare early. He's, like, he's got to do easy stuff. I don't need to be in my menus. I could do that with my eyes closed. All right, great. We want to thank our Patreon producers, Colton Yoder, Blackjack, and Muhammad Muhammad. And today we're brought to you by Quip and 23andMe. But we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Four items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Wow. Oh, I like it, Kevin. Some spunk. Very announcer. I'm gonna miss you. I know. <laughs> Don't be sad. I'm gonna cry too, Kevin. <laughs> EA announces Plants vs. Zombies three. This write-up comes from Ana Diaz over at Polygon. The popular Plants vs. Zombies series is coming back with Plants vs. Zombies three. Publisher Electronic Arts announced this week. The announcement didn't reveal many details about the game, so no news yet on whether our lawn defense in this version will be pollinator friendly or not. All we know that is that the pre-alpha version of Plants vs. Zombies three launched this week on the Google Play Store. EA hasn't given a final release date yet. Per PopCap, the developer of the game, the pre-alpha is free to play with no microtransactions. The official release will also be free to play. EA didn't comment on whether the final game will include microtransactions, but the Google Play Store entry lists in-app purchases. Quote, PVZ3 is under early construction and is not representative of the final game, end quote, EA said. They also said pre-alpha is focused on getting feedback on combat features only. We're saving a lot more for later. Plants vs. Zombies first came to audiences in 2009 on Windows PC and OS X. It follows the eternal struggle between the player and the suburban lawn horticulturist and the encroaching zombie horde. The game is known for its combination of whimsy tower defense tactics and it captured the hearts of many players and has led to a successful franchise with mobile sequels and even console spinoffs. Mm -hmm. Fran, are you uh pumped? I'm uh, pumped. You know, I never got into Plants vs. Zombies, but I do appreciate it very much. It was wildly popular. That's why I got a sequel, obviously, as well. And uh, I remember, too, like, it came out before, obviously, they were part of EA, mm -hmm. right? This is what spurned PopCap Pop yes. becoming, they're part of EA now, right? Well, yeah, so the they own the studio in much the same way that, like, BioWare is underneath EA exactly. and uh, DICE is underneath yeah. EA. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I sort of recollect, I was like, this was one of their first big mobile moves at the time, I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'd have to really think back. But I believe this was, like, a really big move for them. And it seems like it's paid off, still very popular. Um, but I never really got much of a chance to play it. What about you? Were you I a for Zombies fan? I love Plants vs. Zombies. I have a really fun history with this franchise. So I... This was one of the first games that I reviewed on my This Week in iPad show way, way back for the original Plants vs. Zombies. And I did iPad. a standalone like walkthrough series on um, on Mahalo for Plants vs. Zombies on iPad. And it was such a fun game. I'm a huge tower defense person. We were yeah. talking just about Kingdom Rush Vengeance last week. And so this was one of my... Um, 
favorite games on iPad because back then, you know, that touchscreen games were just becoming a big thing because smartphones really hadn't made their way onto the scene yet. And the iPad was really the first tablet to break through. I know it's wild to think that that wasn't even that long ago. Um, So I really loved the first Plants vs. Zombies. Um, I also really liked Plants vs. Zombies too. However, it wasn't as popular as people wanted it to be. Um, and when I say when people wanted it to be, I mean, was there was a lot of fans like- of the original that did not like the way the microtransactions were built into that game. Um, true story, and if you're interested, if you go to YouTube and look up Andrew Renee Plants vs. Zombies 2, you will find my Hot Pepper Gaming episode. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, Greg and I both did episodes of Hot Pepper Gaming. Uh, rest in peace. Love that channel. Love those guys. But Found it. So um, it was a super fun episode for me to shoot, but I, I really enjoyed Plants vs. Zombies 2 as well. I didn't think the microtransactions were too painful in that game. Yep, that's that's it. This is why you gotta subscribe on YouTube as well. I've turned a laptop to camera and, oh, no. and I've, I've done part of Kevin's job yeah. for him. Yeah, so, so I ate an entire <laughs> habanero pepper Scritchy and then reviewed and Plants vs. Zombies too. <laughs> that's what hot pepper gaming is though. Yeah, uh, I actually like I you regret well. not eating a second one because the first one was really hot for like the first like minute. And then I was like, I was okay afterwards. Wow, I love seeing you on the verge of tears. Is that <laughs> wrong to say, everybody? This is one reason to check out Hop Ever Game. Why are you giving me that look, Kevin? No, no, I'm just thinking back at like, Greg in the Batman suit, his nipples just getting hard, slobbering all over the place. Well, he did oh, the one gosh. with the Thai chilies yeah. where he continually yeah. ate the Ooh, Thai chilies. Colin almost like dying because he has like stomach issues. and like Yeah, was what was thing. he thinking? <laughs> I already knew. Oh my God. Tim's the... just like crying. Yeah. So, so hard. Babies. Not, Sissies. <laughs> all of them that can't Nick, handle it. I don't since, know if Nick's ever got posted, but like he was unfazed. Nice. Since we're on yeah, the topic. That was like me. I was pretty was unfazed. Like, uh, I was playing it up for the camera a little People bit. may not, may or may not know this, but I'm a crazy Spice fanatic. Oh, I did not know. Yeah, see, you, wow, you didn't even know. Like, crazy. Like, I can handle it. very, very hot like, food. Like, inappropriately. Um, I don't, I wouldn't, like, recommend eating, you know, like a ghost pepper raw. So, meaning I'm not the type of person to, like, put my <laughs> stomach that, into kids. jeopardy. Like, meaning you can pull it off, but it's actually dangerous. If, But anyway, I love super hot food. So, every time I order food, it's just always underwhelming to me from a spi- – uh, sorry, when I get spicy food. So, anyway, so you're saying, FYI. Fran, that for this year's Extra Life stream, we're going oh, to God. have to cook up some really <laughs> spicy challenges to put on the wheel. Right, Kevin? Yeah. That would be no, no problem. because that Again, wheel is accessible I, to everyone. No, no. It, Fran's name will be on the wheel. Oh, yeah. like Fran eats a ghost yeah, pepper? exactly. Yeah. All right. Just like Greg tells a story without See, laughing, right? that's the one. So, I'm ne- again, eating. Which he can never do. <laughs> it never goes more than 15 <laughs> I seconds. I might be fine, by the way. 15 seconds is generous. Oh, yeah. But eating the whole pepper is a don't, lot on your stomach. Don't yeah, I can be eat a coward. You can food. do it. No, we'll just I make. I can, we'll, but I it, believe we'll it have the best up. friends send in their favorite hot sauces, and you'll just do shots that of hot sauce all night. That'd be like no problem. Shots of hot sauces. Hot sauces are safe. You so. can do a shot of hot sauce, no problem, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, Piece just, of cake. I'm just Kidding double me? checking. I'm just, just don't want to yeah, rub it because in your the actual anyway. yeah the the enzymes in the flesh of the pepper is what the dangerous part that Fran's talking about. I didn't about. even know that, but yeah, yeah, on top of that, it just being so much, it's poison. You realize that's the reaction you're having. It is Lots poison in your poison. body. Alcohol is anyway. poison, you know? It's true, but let's... They need to drink it. it. Yeah. yeah! I think we finally... The reason we stumbled on this is in Plants for Zombies 3, they should put hot pepper plants. Are they in there yet? Oh, yes. Yeah, no, pepper yeah. plants were in the last one. No, like hot, like spicy pepper. Like, like a ghost it, pepper? Yeah, make it clear that it's don't like they, the spicy pepper they have plant. Like bombs or something? Yeah, they have hot... Do they already have it? Yeah. I mean, they definitely do, but maybe okay. you want something a little bit more robust. I want something like the triple X spice. Yeah, super hot. Yeah, like the Carolina Reaper. Yes. You want that in the game? Uh, yeah, Carolina Reaper would be amazing. Which, okay. by the way, scientifically engineered pepper. Look it up. It'll cool. mess you up. Well, I'm excited. I'm glad that it's um, it's happening. So you're excited. I will wait for it to come to iOS, and then I will play lots of Plants vs. Zombies 3 and report back to you guys on the Gamescast. Uh, we'll, of course, keep you guys up to date when we get more news on a release date. But as of right now, it looks like it's just in pre-alpha on Google Play. So I'm not sure. I, I guess that means it's... Oh, this is the Carolina Reaper pepper that Kevin has pulled yeah, up here. Sorry, he pulled it up and it's we all got to, It looks like terrifying, yeah. That's doesn't disgusting. it? It looks scary. Yeah. Uh. It's dangerous. It's like a demon pepper. Yeah. Don't um, eat it, kids. Don't so, yeah, it. exactly. It's just a pre alpha. It's early, right? They're basically mm-hmm. testing it. Like, it doesn't have a release date, right? So, no. So, we don't know when it's coming out, but cool that it's on the way and official at this point. Heck yeah. 
All right, next story. Ubisoft CEO believes porting to Stadia will be relatively cheap. This write-up comes from Alicia Judge over at IGN. Ubisoft has claimed porting its games to Stadia won't break its bank for now during an earnings call that also posted dwindling sales despite the Division 2 being reportedly one of the best-selling games of 2019 so far. Head honcho and Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillermo told investors that the extra R&D cash required to successfully port an existing game to Google's cloud gaming service is, quote, not that high. However, he admitted that those costs might go up in the future. Quote, the extra cost support to make sure the games work well on Stadia is not that high. It's part now of our pipelines and we have good relationships with Stadia to make sure that it's to make sure it is profitable for us, he said. Now we are not speaking about 2.0 types of games that will need more work and this we will see more in future action. How high is, quote, not that high exactly remains unclear. Meanwhile, for consumers to access Stadia this year, it'll cost $129 for the Founders Edition, which will include a Chromecast Ultra, a limited edition controller, and a three-month Stadia Pro subscription. Players will have to pay for individual games. On top of that subscription, though, Ubisoft has also confirmed it plans to offer its upcoming Uplay plus PC subscription service on Stadia next year. Elsewhere in the call, Ubisoft admitted its sales for the first fiscal quarter were down 9.2% year on year. Having made $408.3 million, it's now putting its eggs firmly in Stadia's basket and banking on the success of video game streaming, having previously announced that six of its games will be launch titles when the service goes live this November. These include Assassin's Creed Odyssey and The Division 2, the latter of which Ubisoft claimed was the best-selling game globally in the first half of 2019 during the earnings call. Did you see the list and the details for the Uplay Plus PC subscription service? Yeah, I saw it the other day. There's quite a bit of things in there. Uh, Prince of Persia in particular, I'm excited about. I've mm. always been a fan. And they have like, I think it's all of them are on there. Um, so yeah, I was going to say, that's what's interesting about this story is obviously first, you know, the comments about Stadia, but within there, there's a few other bites in here. The best-selling game of 2019 appears to be Division 2. And then, um, you know, Uplay coming with all those games. I mean, all those games are at some point coming to Stadia, so... Yeah, it's interesting why they made such a committed partnership with Stadia on the heels of announcing their own PC subscription service. Right. And well, to me, that maybe suggests that you're only going to get Ubisoft games at Stadia as part of the Stadia subscription that are past releases, right? Like, obviously, getting a game like The Division 2 in Stadia is important for ongoing mm -hmm. live service, but getting a game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey isn't necessarily because it's been out for so long at that point. Right, it's been out for a full 12 months uh, by the time Stadia is going to launch in November. So I guess you're really just picking up extra people who never bought it in, bought in the first time around. I would really love to be a fly on the wall in the negotiation room from Google and Ubisoft as to like how much of a split Ubisoft is getting because that's the, really been yeah we don't know that yet on uh, on really on anything about yet, right? what they're doing. Same with uh, with Game Pass, we don't know what publishers are getting either. But that we talked previously about how one of the concerns for Stadia and the subscription service that they've announced is that the video games industry has the potential to go the way of the music industry and that there's always going to be backlash from artists and developers over how much of the royalty split they get because that's something that's been an ongoing problem in music mm -hmm. is that a lot of artists are well, upset that they don't get a big enough cut of the streaming services. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. That is a much bigger topic but it's certainly one that's been coming up like there's epic has certainly stirred up the pot uh with you know it's very attractive uh, model if you release on the epic store and if you have the unreal engine like you get what was it down to uh 12 is all they keep versus you know you're talking folks are keeping what 30 percent or more on other platforms i forget what the licensing for playstation and all that is but that's what's interesting is phil harrison is over there at stadia like he knows every deal he knows exactly what Microsoft and PlayStation offer. Not that it's like a mm -hmm. trade secret at this point anymore. It's just the standard. But it goes back to what you're saying, which is, I forget who made that comment recently, right? But they were like, this was born out of the music industry. And now we've adopted it into the video industry. And so meaning this whole 70-30 split or whatever it is that folks are getting is archaic versus like where we are today and the work that people are putting in and what they get. So I wouldn't be surprised if just period, they're trying to be more attractive than the other platform vendors. But I also don't know that they're gonna be super duper aggressive because like they, 
Like if you come out the gate and say, oh yeah, we're just gonna give the give it away for free. You know, we'll just take 10% and you just put it on our platform. Please, please put it on our platform, right? Like if it becomes that, then how do you ever go back from that? How does it become a profitable model with Stadia? I mean, so in other words, right? I think Phil knows the deal. Maybe they give people decent, reasonably better cuts, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if it was like epic. Um, I think when I when I think about profitability in Google, I immediately think of their extensive ad network globally in oh, all yeah. of their products, and. I think that's a concern for gamers as well that, you know, if they go to a model like this where they have to entice developers to bring content by, you know, essentially giving them the space for free, how does Google make money on the platform in order to continue servicing it while they build their own games? Because obviously, you know, we know Jay Raymond is over there working with developers to help Mm -hmm. bring content exclusively to Stadia, but we don't know when that's going to happen and at least two to three years out, I would guess. So how is Google going to make money? Are they going to serve you ads in your subscription? Are there going to be like overlays and non-skippable stuff that like we get on YouTube? You know, are you going to have to pay, you know, the for the pro subscription in order to make those ads go away? Is that going to be part of the infrastructure? It feels like it would be. Strategy that like we brought this up on a Gamescast, I think, right? It was like, why is Google all of a sudden so hot on you know, this, like, not that it's not a good market. Mm-hmm. The video game industry has become very, very big. I remember once, you know, obviously it was struggling many, many years ago and people going out of business. And although that still happens because games are expensive, it's like thriving now. There's right. so much money in gaming between mobile gaming and, and PC gaming and console gaming. But um, but back to the point, I think, yeah, Google's interest is interest is in Google.com, which is YouTube.com, which is a combination of ad revenue mm-hmm. and just like, searching their platforms, right? And so I think that inevitably that all ties together. Um, I think I'd use the analogy, like if Netflix could be, you know, if they could have these other services that Google had before they started, they probably would have tried to integrate it. Like YouTube would be a part of Netflix, mm-hmm. right? If, you know, Netflix was Google. So Well, and Google has a, a leg up in the ability to serve curated content because they're tracking you across all of their services, right? You think about the amazing behemoth that is Google's algorithm and how it tracks your cookies across multiple sites and how it serves you super targeted ads. You're like, I just looked at that armchair on Amazon that one time and now that armchair yeah. is following me to every fucking website that yeah. I go to visit. You know exactly what I'm talking about about so imagine if now you bring in a gaming ecosystem and they have a better ability to service games highly tailored to you than literally anybody else better than steam better than certainly better than what xbox and playstation are doing on their individual stores Mm -hmm. you know better than what epic is doing and i mean nintendo's not even in that game right now right so you log into your stadia account and then like they pay or people pay Google to service their games specifically to you based off your ca- uh, categories in the algorithm. I mean, that to me, like that's exactly how Google's going to make their money. And mm-hmm. like, it remains to be seen how that's all going to play out. This is just me hypothesizing, yeah. right? But no, there, there, there's so much that could happen, obviously. But maybe you know, just thinking back to the original headline here about it being cheaper. Sorry, I went down no, a rabbit no, hole, friend. It's Fran. okay. Yeah, I thought it was great discussion. I was just thinking, wait, I don't know if we address the the core of this. You had mentioned, and it stuck out to me. You're like, well, you know, uh, what did you say about why they're bringing older games? You thought, you thought, because it was oh, just- because the the opportunity for Ubisoft to make as much revenue on their older library isn't as high as it would be if they maybe get a licensing fee, uh, even a partial licensing fee from Google to put it into their library. Gotcha. But yeah, it just got me thinking. It's like, well, look, I think we're going to see a lot of these ports, you know, as it were, mm-hmm. to the platform because, yeah, they're already done. That's, you know, if you have an active game and to the story, they're saying, look, it's pretty easy. It's not that expensive. So why right. not put a high profile game on there? Like, meaning it doesn't cost a, a new development team and like give it to this studio. I mean, I don't know all the details, but they're seeming to say that, you know what, already part of our pipeline, we can bring a lot of stuff to Stadia. Stadia does the rest of the back end. And like, mm-hmm. now we're just selling a game on the new Steam, so to speak, of like, why not give it a shot? Um, so, I mean, I think that's why. Uh, and I think because the announcement is so new, the reason why we're not seeing like a brand new exclusive Ubisoft title is like, well, they need to get this out there, Google, 
and prove this works both to us and developers, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure they're already in the works of like, look, here's how much pre-orders we're getting. We're getting traction. You've now seen it working in Ubisoft Studios like way more than we've ever had a chance. And so as confidence builds, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, two years from now, Ubisoft says Division 3 or whatever it is. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's in the works for Stata already. Um, But meaning I feel like those games are a bit farther out versus... Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's going to be some unannounced partners that have stuff coming early next year. And certainly by the end of next year for Stadia, I think will be the big, big whatever exclusives that they managed to get. I think that that's a, a, a very plausible thing that could happen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I think it's important to recognize that this is indicative that Google's tech is on par with where it needs to be. You don't hear Ubisoft saying, oh, yeah, it's super easy to port games to Nintendo Switch. Because it's not. And we've seen that from a lot of developers, right? That porting to specific platforms, whether it be taking something designed for console and bringing it to PC or vice versa, can be really problematic for a lot of devs. There's a reason why games aren't on every platform at launch with the with a exception of a few handful of yeah. titles, right? And so I think what this is also indicative of is that Stadia's tech is where it needs to be and is at that high level that I think we're all expecting and hoping it yeah, to be. Yeah, the core hardware, the fact that it can support it, you're right, whereas Switch is a less powerful. Like, but right. it, You can make things work, but it takes a lot more work, whereas Stadia, yeah, it seems that's what they're saying. They're like, no, it's pretty common architecture and it's just a server in the cloud, so boom, we'll just, you know, it's like a recipe for the day and you know, take some in the morning and you just pour division over. I'm done with a recipe for the day. Now, uh, I'm sure it as takes long as we can get universal cross saves. That's all I care about. I will buy oh, a game that would twice. Be so good. Yep. I will buy a game twice to play it on Stadia if I, I can have my save always in the cloud or if I can have a cross save pr- pro- cross progression. Really I'll do it. People are down to pay 60 bucks for cross play. I'm like actually I'm the with cross you on that. play I don't even care about quite frankly. I'm going to be honest. I already said my most controversial gaming opinion is that cross play is going to be irrelevant. Uh, Did you miss that episode of Gamescast? Go back there, go back Andrew. and watch it. I make a very compelling argument why cro- cross play uh. is not going to matter. Um, <laughs> what? But cross save and pro- cross progression however my friend now that's a different story. We all that is a very convenient thing. Anyway, that blew my mind, but it's another topic for Gamescast. You were on that episode of Gamescast with me. I was not. If you look at my reaction, if you said that crossplay is like not that important versus I thought for sure you were on I that because you came wasn't. with a bunch of notes. Uh no, I mean whatever. There's a small chance I'm forgetting. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Let me know. Let me, if you can find the episode of the like Gamescast this. where we talk about our most controversial gaming opinions. I believe Fran was on that episode and I talked about how crossplay was uh, going to be irrelevant. He was and he like totally fucked it up. He misunderstood. Oh, he misunderstood the assignment, right? Yeah. And he looked really dumb. What? <laughs> I literally don't Look remember at this at all. So. Look at him. <laughs> I think y'all are making this up right now. All, all right. right. On to the next story. <laughs> Tim Willits to leave id Software after 24 years at the company. This write-up comes from Asif Khan over at Shack News. Tim Willits has announced that he is leaving id Software after 24 years. Please take a look at the announcement posted to his Twitter page, which reads... After 24 years, I've decided to leave id Software after QuakeCon. I've been extremely lucky to work with the best people in the industry on truly amazing games. QuakeCon has been an unbelievable part of my journey, and I look forward to seeing everyone at the Gaylord Texan, which is where QuakeCon is held this year. Willis began working at id Software as a level designer and ultimately worked his way up the ranks at the company to become studio director. Tim assured id Software fans that his departure would not affect games currently in development. Quote, all of the games currently in development are in very good hands. My departure will not affect any planned releases. Its software is packed full of amazing talent that will continue to develop long into the future some of the best shooters in the world, Willits continued. After QuakeCon, I will announce my future plans, where I am going, and what new exciting things I am doing. Stay tuned. It's, I was wanting to ask you what you make of this story. I'm sure you're wondering the same thing for me. Um, it, the reason I say that is because sometimes you hear these stories and you wonder, oh, you know, has the studio changed? And is it like, is it more that they're like, look, you know, Tim, it's been great, but like, I don't know, like we have all these other studios. So, you know, meaning is it a Bethesda sort of like agreement to, to usher him out? Or is it that Tim's like, no, I'm going on to this new exciting thing. I actually do think it's the latter, but meaning if you remember, obviously we've had the shakeups at Activision when Condry now started his studio mm-hmm. for 2K and, um, and then also... Um, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Glenn Schofield? Yes, Glenn. But they went off to do things and, you know, it was presented very much as like, oh, you know, like uh, Activision and them have agreed and they're excited to be part of this and that. But you see that they moved on to other things and and something seemingly happened there where anyway, I think with this story, it is. Tim probably has been working on something else. We don't know what it is. But what do you think? Do you think it could be a Bethesda restructuring? I doubt it would be a Bethesda restructuring, like pushing Tim out. Tim is wonderful. Yeah, I've heard He's nothing. I've been met him. An He's an integral amazing. part of the He's an icon. id team. I mean, he was there in the early days when id was really becoming that powerhouse innovative force for first person shooters. And to this day, id remains uh, like best in class for FPS mechanics. Like they are first person yes. shooters, right? Like I think that that's not a controversial statement to say. No. So I, I do yeah, not think for a second invaluable. that Bethesda was like, yo, Tim, like hit the bricks. Yeah, or that I, they were I'm, pushed because sometimes wait, maybe they were pushing him on a project that he didn't want to do or and yeah, like I'm actually with you. I don't think any of that's happening. Like Tim is so invaluable and I've talked to him and he is so in the weeds with the details, you know. And like I mean, that's yeah. a good thing. A studio director that just plays all the games so much and understands so much about them. Like we went to the Rage 2 event mm-hmm. and I think I'd met him for, it'd been many years I met him before and interviewed him or something behind the camera. But when I saw him again, I was like, yeah, like this guy is so in it, man. Like he's so cool and he was a really nice guy, but he just knew every last detail. Um, and so, yeah, I can't wait to see what he's doing next. Yeah, he's he's great. I think probably what this is, is Tim looking at his career at Ed going, you know what? I'm the studio director I had an amazing run here. I worked on some really fantastic uh, uh, games. And now maybe it's time for me to try something else. Maybe it's time for me to pass the torch to the next person to let new leadership come in while I get to go explore a passion project that I've been wanting to work on. Yeah, I mean, we, we see this of studio directors or just people, executive producers who have done a lot of work is this temptation to like, look, I want to do it on my own. I want to start my own studio. Seemingly that's, that's what's happening. Um, but I'm going to throw one out there just for what if it's a stadia okay. exclusive studio and Google has picked up Tim Willits wow. to do a first person shooter. Cause they're so impressed with how good doom is looking. And they Ooh. said, we need you to make a first person shooter just that's for crazy. stadia. I mean, is that a fun suggestion? It's, a fun, it's a fun theory. <laughs> I, think something like that could be possible someone like google would have enough resources to woo yeah, a studio director like tim willits tim away from um you know a very cushy job at id but but he could knows? just be exactly like i was did i maybe he's gonna like open an ice cream shop and <laughs> take a complete different turn in life and maybe take it a little bit slower All right, Andrew, also yeah dude a, a tim willits ice cream truck i'm actually down for that <laughs> That would no. be the best. Anyway, honestly, he's an amazing uh, producer, now studio director, and like I can't wait to see what he does next. But he's he's like you. He's like, look, I'm leaving in a while, but like I'm gonna be around through QuakeCon, and like so it becomes this after like meeting by next oh, month. That'll be these will be awkward. Oh. Yeah, like no, we'll be over it though. Ha- yeah. halfway before you're even gonna leave, well, then we're almost gonna forget. Yeah. So anyway, it's actually interesting that he announced it so soon. But my guess is things are starting to heat up. On his next thing, but um, can't wait to see what Tim is up to next. He's a great dude. He is indeed a, a lovely human being. I've interviewed him many, many times over the course of my career and has always been a joy to talk yes. with. So yep. um, congratulations on all of your success, Tim. And we look forward to seeing where you're going next. All right. Our last item for the Roper Report. Monster Hunter World has shipped 13 million copies worldwide. Woo! So uh, from the Monster Hunter Twitter account, Hunters, we've hit another big hashtag MH World milestone. (laughs) 13 million units shipped worldwide. We're celebrating by giving everyone a special item pack. Look out for these useful items when you claim your daily login bonus between July 25th and August 29th. So let's see what those items are. Of course, as you guys may be aware, Monster Hunter World is getting an expansion called Iceborne on September 6th this fall. Mm -hmm. And so the items are, it looks like you get an attack jewel, 13 appreciation tickets, 13 silver eggs, three gold wyvarian prints, and three heavy armor spheres. So for your crafting pleasure. Nice. But this is big news. Like it's easy to lose track of how explosive 
um, you know, Monster Hunter World has become. Like, Monster Hunter has always been kind of popular, but this release in particular, I, I forget. I actually, yeah, in fact, if you can leave it in kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, if you can find the detail, how much did, you know, the previous Monster Hunter sell um, before this? But, like, this is a huge number. Um, you know, now this is shipped, so we got to remember these are not sold, but whether it's 10 or 11 million sold and there's 2 million that they're sitting in a bunch of boxes around the world because they're that confident. It's probably more than that sold, right? Um, but we're talking God of War numbers. We're talking almost Uncharted numbers. We're talking Mario Kart numbers. Like, this is a, a you know, multi-console, remember? So there's always a difference there. But it, it's huge. Like, what was Red Dead? Um, man, yeah, I can't remember. Like, Red Dead's pretty big and in here. And then GTA, like, you're getting up quite a bit above it but the point is this is a, a huge heavy hitter and um it's just massive so it's really cool to see to see how well it's doing and so iceborne probably gonna sell super well I yeah i mean it's capcom's best selling game ever of all time oh that's so it's funny i was almost going to say oh this must be and you do that thing when, when you're hosting the show you're like i don't know if i should say that because it's probably resident evil right and i don't want to like throw it out but this is a huge number so well, franchise wise we're, those are different figures right because we're not talking yeah, not franchise, the franchise sales, but we're I mean, individual games one the very this is popular, the number one which is amazing right that's that's what i was getting at this is a huge number for capcom and i'm sure it means much greater things than iceborne in the future so um although we're on the heels of that i can't imagine what they're planning and where they're taking this in say two and a half years from now or whatever it's going to be next gen you know monster hunter world so monster hunter universe there it is you figured it out but that's exciting that's monsters in space no that's too far <laughs> it's too far <laughs> No, you would do I'd, be, I'd be into it well congrats uh to the team at capcom i'm looking forward to playing iceborne it was super fun at e3 yeah um but Monster Hunter Iceborne is still a couple of months away, Fran. If we wanted to know what was coming to the mom and grab digital shops today, where would we go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Do, 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 yeah. Out today, Grotopia on Xbox One, Gabucci on PS4, Switch, and PC, Etherborn is on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Warlocks 2 God Slayers is on PC, FIA European Truck Racing Championship is on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Caladrius Blaze is on Switch, Royal Roads is on Switch, World Cruise Story <laughs> is on Switch, Battle and Crash is on Switch, Tarot Readings Premium, hmm, is on Switch. <laughs> is that like a tarot card yeah, game? Yeah, it's, it's premium version of it mm. too. So, um, Arc Lion Saga is on Switch. Golf Defied is on PC. Project Zero Deaths is on PC, iOS, and Android. And Astroneer, the accessible interplanetary survival sandbox played by more than 3 million space explorers, honors the Apollo 11 mission with its lunar update. <laughs> Today on Steam and Xbox One. But I have to know, why did that one get a write-up? Because I copied and pasted it from a press release, Fran. Oh, you ju it wasn't on the list and you saw it out there. So Correct. Boom. So generally, we go to business. one or two sources. Uh, yeah. Today, we went to Kotaku and they have a nice little bullet point Thank of you, the games. Kotaku. But in my email inbox, we also sometimes get games that yeah. Kotaku misses because they get like surprise announcements. Yeah. And so I just add them in well, as I see them. That's what's interesting, right? Like they may have gotten the press release, but you just got it. And that means somebody's got to be assigned and update that story. And like you just had direct access to the info. Correct. That's what happens when you've been doing I'm a this source for a sometimes. Decade, right? <laughs> you just right there. All right. New dates, uh, Fran. Oh, wait. Did you have I was something? just going to point out, I uh, had played a little bit of Etherborne, actually, and oh. that one snuck up on me. It might be worth a look if you're into, like, kind of the uh, blissful platformer exploration type stuff. Now, I didn't play a lot, but... Um, but enough to say on that list, at least that was one that I knew that stuck Blissful out. Blissful platform I just, exploration. <laughs> I just made that up now, so I don't know if that's a good description <laughs> or not. But it's very much that like floaty exploration in like this MC Escher vibrant world. Hmm. Um, so, you know, calming music. If you played, uh, oh, just escaped me. I was really into it earlier this year. It was a very dreamy. Uh, it'll come to me after, but you know these okay. mini platformers like this, meaning it's the opposite of Limbo, which, by the way, also is free on the Epic. Does that mention in here? But it's one of the new Epic free games to download on the Epic Store. Uh, so check out Limbo. But that's like a terrifying, you know, side-scrolling platformer kind of thing, whereas I'm talking about the ones that are like, oh, this is really pretty. Okay. I like walking around the world. So anyway, might be worth a look, but I haven't played enough to know whether um, it's good or bad. Well, Just thanks note, for that. Quick note. New dates. 
A Rat's Quest, The Way Back Home, is coming in 2021. Romeo and Juliet story. That's what it says. Juliet esque story. Story about a rat and a mouse. Matt, the hero of the game, is trying to find a way to his beloved Nat, a fearless mouse, being kept as a pet. Together, they're planning their escape to freedom, the outside. But beware, this journey is full of dangers, and one of them being the claw. <laughs> Oh, no. That was literally Wake from off. the press release. <laughs> <laughs> Team Gotham and Merge Games are delighted to announce that Solo, Islands of the Heart, is the colorful and thought-provoking puzzle experience is coming to Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One this summer on July 31st. Summer. To be specific, the Switch version is on the 1st of August, and the PlayStation 4 version is coming, quote, very soon. Publishing label, No More Robots, and development studio Rage Squid are excited to announce Descenders for Nintendo Switch. The ultimate ride-on-the-move version of the hit mountain biking game is coming to Switch at the end of 2019. Northgard, the acclaimed Viking strategy title from Shiro Games, with more than 1 million copies sold, strikes Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on September 26th. Today, the studio is also revealing a free new expansion, Northgard Conquest, and a tabletop adaptation, Northgard Uncharted Lands. Northgard Conquest is a new expansion available for free now, oh, excuse me, not now, on PC in October. Yeah, let's go PC. How about that? Free yeah, content nerds. in October. Fell Seal, Arbiter's Mark, one of the most praised games of 2019, is coming to Nintendo Switch on August 14th. There's a hyperlink there showing their, I believe, their Metacritic ratings. Mm -hmm. uh, the landscape of Los Santos will change forever when the premier entertainment destination and community space, the brand new Diamond Casino and Resort, opens mm -hmm. this coming Tuesday, July 23rd in GTA Online. Details include new story missions, casinos and resort activities, penthouse access, Twitch Prime benefits, and more. You guys can head on over to Rockstar's website if you want to learn all about... The Diamond Casino and Resort is coming to GTA Online next week. There's like a fancy new trailer. Yeah, there's a new trailer. You can check it out. Does it look cool? Uh, I mean, if you're into GTA Online, uh, yeah. Um, it looks really, it looks like one of the more substantial GTA updates that they've huge, put out in a while. A huge game. Yeah, they've been doing rolling updates on that game for quite some yeah. time. Um, but this one looks like it's a little bit meatier than your average update. I'm sure millions of people are excited. That's what I was getting at before, like... Easy to forget how many people are playing some of these older games, mm -hmm. but how well stuff sells, and there's just tons of actor play, active players. GTA Online is one of the biggest games out there. You easily, well, you probably don't forget. Let's I've face it, it's forgotten. GTA. Rockstar doesn't like, forget. You just know. It's like when Minecraft was like king of everything. You're like, what's the biggest game in the world? Oh, it's Minecraft. Like GTA now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Diesel of the day. Limbo is free on the Epic Game Store until July 15th. And don't forget, Fran has a creator code that you can use if you're shopping on the Epic Game Store. What is that, Fran? It's Fran Mirabella. So you just punch that in. And even if it's a free game, I say, why not? Because maybe they're like, hey, this guy's really pushing free games, which nobody makes anything, but what a cool guy. But anyway, um, yeah, if you want to support me, it's an easy way if you're already on the Epic Game Store for PC. People make money on the free games because Epic foots the bill to make sure oh, the developers yeah, the, get paid the developers for those did. free games. Yeah, the meaning I'm not pimping this because I make anything from the free game, but right. for the other games. But um, just get that muscle memory in place. That's Fran what it Mirabella's is. But actually, code. I've said it before, and thanks for letting me pimp it out. It, it really, it's not like a major source of income for me, but like every little bit helps. And every dollar makes you a difference. To the best friends and everybody out there who has done it, it has happened. And now that I'm like into the year, I'm like, oh, there's like a little something here, and like if this grows, that's awesome it could be a way to support me making content so thank you really appreciate it if you decide to use the store absolutely all right and now it's time for reader mail where you can write into patreon.com slash kind of any games where you can also get the show ad free and speaking of abs ads this episode of kind of any day games daily wow i'm really struggling today you do great is brought to you by Quip. Packing your toiletries somehow always involves a delicate game of stacking and space hacking. And don't get us started on lotion exploding all over your dop kit, which BT dubs, I just learned this year that a dop kit is just a fancy word for a toiletry bag. Yeah, I didn't know that either until it was either this ad read or otherwise. I have many. Is it like a dude thing, dop I have, kits? I have yeah, many dop thing. kits, but I didn't well, know they're called like, dop I mean, kits. Fran with his hair is like, that's the kind of thing. You think he I would have like, a really honestly, blinged yeah. out dop kit? I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah, I don't want to interrupt the ad read. I'll tell you after. And that's why Quip electronic toothbrushes work just as well as at home as they do on the go. The compact and wireless design tucks easily into the corner of your carry-on or your back pocket if you're just spending the night. Plus, the travel-ready cover protects your brush from sandy swimsuits and luggage slip-ups. And the three-month battery life will last through a season filled with weekends away. I love my Quip because I can transfer it from my toiletry bag, which is quite large, um, into my backpack for those long-haul flights. Because, you know, when you're on like a flight from here to Europe, you got to brush your teeth somehow in the middle. 
diesel. Oh, yeah. So you just, you know, put the quip in the backpack and you're good to go. The built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides to help you clean your whole mouth evenly. Plus, that multi-use cover works as a stand because it mounts to mirrors and slides over your bristles to pack and protect your quip on the go. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. And I love that they send me toothpaste because yeah. then I never have ah, to buy it. Oh, my God. Amazing. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're packed, backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. We love Quip here at Kind of Funny, and Greg is traveling with it at San Diego Comic-Con right now. Don't forget, he's hosting later today. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash games, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash games. We live... In a world, Fran, where we have access to data that gives us more personal insights into who we are, what's more personalized than your DNA? Now we can turn to genetics for personalized health traits and more. 23andMe allows you to go beyond ancestry to access beyond. more personalized <laughs> insights about your you based on your DNA. With more than 125 genetic reports, you can even gain insights about your health traits and more. Receive personalized genetic reports is just the beginning. You can take the next steps by talking to your healthcare provider and considering lifestyle changes, like maybe adjusting your sleep habits and not streaming on twitch.tv slash FM3 underscore until four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> or maybe you need to adjust your caffeine consumption, Kevin. What? The new deep sleep report. <laughs> more coffee, <laughs> If you've always suspected that you feel more sleepy than others after missing out on a night of sleep, you might not be imagining things. Your genes may be involved. Plus, they've also got the new saturated fat and weight report. The saturated fat and weight report can tell you about your genetics and how they may be impacting your body's response to your diet. Learn if you are likely to weigh more on a diet high in saturated fat, even if you consume the same number of calories. Ever wonder right. why you just struggle against the person eating the whole struggle pizza next us. to you and you can't even have a slice? That's now my life with John Drake. See what your genes can say about your health traits and more. Buy your Health Plus Ancestry service kit today at 23andMe.com slash games. That's the number two, three, andme.com slash games. Again, 23andMe.com slash games. Also not in the script. Fran uses 23andMe. I am a big fan of it. I really like the layout, and actually, when they, you know, they take your DNA, right? They keep it, uh, and this evolves. So, like, I didn't know about this new deep sleep report. I can now go in and check this out. But honestly, it's really cool to learn more about your ancestry. But they have this other stuff, traits, uh, deep sleep stuff like this. So, um, it's really cool. I would highly recommend checking it out, especially if you want to learn more about yourself. And uh, yeah, I really like it. All right. Thanks, Fran. Yeah. Facts. Let's get into some reader mail. Where do you want to start today, Fran? Which one of these is speaking to you? Oh, boy. Good question. And by the way, I i mean, we'll still be fine. I have a call at 11.05, so we're fine. He but shows I'm just up you know. mere minutes before we're supposed I mean, to the go live. Really over by and then, then has but, the gall to say we have to end on time. I'm sorry. Okay. I forgot to mention it beforehand. Earlier. It's my bad. So, let's go. Let's start with Grant. With Greg hosting the Marvel Games panel at SDCC today, I was curious what you thought Marvel Games' long-term plan is. So far, they focus on big, popular heroes that feature in the MCU or for familiarity in their AAA games. Do you see that continuing? Will we begin to see some experimental hero choices or is Marvel Games waiting for studios to pitch them on the heroes they would like to adapt and the style of play? I loved Spider-Man and am excited for Avengers, obviously, but would love to see a Resident Evil-inspired Blade game or Moon Knight or perhaps a third-person Nick Fury, Maria Hill action-adventure game. Thanks for everything you guys do. Oh, man. Do you have, uh, like, a dream Marvel game that you've always wanted? I would love... Just because I watched the cartoons around X-Men when I was uh, younger. Like, something Gambit. Like, a Gambit, like... Ooh, I don't know why. Everybody yeah, likes I'd be Gambit, down for a Gambit but game. But I like New Orleans and, like, kind of his vibe. Like, it'd be cool. I don't know what type of game it is, but more of that it's his adventure, action-adventure story. Yeah, I'm into it. It could be fun. It's almost, maybe it's, like, a DMC-type vibe or... I'm almost picturing Resident Evil in my mind for some reason, but like there, there's something there. A Gambit game in like DMC style. That could be <laughs> right. That could be really cool, actually, because he's got the the staff, yeah. right? Exactly. So there's something there. Mm. Let's let's look into that one. Do you have anything that stands out for you? Any icons or even just like favorites? You know that stuck. I out also to you am a big X Men fan. I would like to see a really amazing X Men game happen. I know we've had several in the past that have been. 
really divisive. Um, we haven't had an X-Men game that was universally loved. Mm. Not that I can recall anyway. And if there was one, let me know what it yeah. is. I, but I think because of the deep bench of the cool powers of X-Men, like it would be, it seems perfect for like an Overwatch style hero shooter, right? Where you get to like really imp- like yeah. pick, you know, these different characters hmm. and it's like a PVP focused thing. Like I thought that would be a really fun opportunity. Yeah. But I actually think Grant's on to something. Like, I mean, a Nick Fury, Maria Hill, like, that would be a really cool, like, you know, it's funny because it's like a very, like, Hollywood kind of setup. But, mm-hmm. like, especially if you can get Sam Jackson licensed, like, that that could be a, an amazing like, I think game. that would only so work on if you could get Sam Jackson yeah, licensed. because has to be Sam as Nick Fury. As Grant points out here, you know, about the experimental hero choices, the reason we haven't really seen those is because they have to sell this on a shelf somewhere. Obviously, streaming is going to change a lot of that. But, mm. you know, I love that earlier this week when Trisha Hirschberger was guesting on the show with Greg, they were talking about the rise of Comic-Con and how it's really changed and how this oh deep-seated nerd culture is now everywhere in pop war. culture and entertainment. <laughs> and that really has only happened, I think, in large part to to people like Marvel with what they did with the MCU in particular. And I think it's interesting that Marvel Games is, you know, picking up the torch of what, you know, the Marvel Studios started with the MCU to say, hey, we're going to bring some of that love for a property like the Avengers into video games in a different way than we've seen them in video games before. Obviously, you know, Ultimate Alliance is out. Mm-hmm. Um, is it out this week or next week? Uh, I know the embargo was Kevin? just up. Uh, Marvel Ultimate. This is also another year wrong thing. I know that Greg's playing no, it and other it right people here. are playing it, but I, I think it's a really tough proposition to bring in little known people from deep within the Marvel comic universe because it's hard enough when you have a new IP, when you're taking an existing IP um, and bringing somebody smaller in when you have these big tentpole players, you're going to get that crowd that's always going to be like, why did you make, you know, an Ant-Man game when you could have made a, an Iron Man game instead? Right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the Marvel's bench is so deep. So um, a lot of good options. Anyway, yeah. cool. Definitely cool ideas. I was going to point out that like between, you know, it was brought up on the show. I think you brought it up was Destiny. Wouldn't it be cool to get kind of a more Halo-esque single player campaign? We've got uh, Julian, um, the is he studio director or... Um, on Division 2, but he's like the Julian main, he's the dude. Yeah, Julian. Yeah, he's the game director. He's the man, game director. Creative director. But yeah, creative director. That's it. They, they always, you know, different director styles that oversee games. Like Tim Wills, the studio director. Anyway, Julian had sort of casually mentioned on Twitter, which quickly became a story, would you want to play a game that's like more single player focused or whatever around Division 2? And everyone's like, yes. But I mean, I guess my point is... There's a lot of habits in games to take a license, try to apply it to a model like mm-hmm. like I said, oh, what if it was DMC with this? Or what if it was, but what if we stick to the cinematic universe and are able to pull off something like Last of Us? Like, you know, Resident Evil has done more recently and stuff. I mean, I think it, it's ripe for that. I think people are hopefully thinking about that. Like God of War has set some amazing standards too. And Sony's helped push this. So I feel like, in other words, hopefully years from now, we're starting mm-hmm. to see it's not just Destiny to the shooter. It's like, let's take this franchise, let's do what Marvel's doing and make this other amazing thing, as Nintendo has also yeah. been able to do with their franchise. There is no doubt in my mind, Grant, after the amazing success and the sales of Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man for PS4, that we will see another game Marvel like that again, yeah. and at that scale in the future. I mean, I would be shocked if we did not see a follow-up to that game from Insomniac. But after, you know, really seeing that there's an appetite for that, I am, I'm yeah. I'm pretty confident that Marvel Games is going to be making more. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all right. Uh, how about... How about it? Parker? Parker Petrov? Should we do that one, Fran? Yeah, yeah, let's do that one. Greetings, Frandria. With the next generation on the horizon and the gaming industry moving more and more to digital streaming and subscription-based industry, I was wondering if you were to look in your crystal glass balls, do you see the viability of medium to large independent developers on a scale of Remedy, Insomniac, 4A, etc. being able to remain independent? Or if the industry moves to a Netflix subscription streaming-based medium, will they need to hitch their wagon to a Sony, Google, Microsoft to remain open? Lastly, Andrew, can you persuade John to give us a KOTOR 3? Thanks. You should answer that first. I will. Uh, I will put in the request. <laughs> that's not up to him. But. I like that. That's the most popular thing that's come up recently from um, this news. <coughs> Excuse me. So I think 
that this is an yeah. interesting idea. Mm. I think that potentially the streaming future might give them more availability to remain independent because they don't need to rely on the existing relationships with not only big box retailers like your Best Buys and GameStops of the world, but also the platform holders to negotiate the streaming rights because they can potentially negotiate it themselves. Yeah, like I actually, maybe I think I'm misunderstanding the Netflix example a bit because like to me, that's been a a good thing. Netflix now has a ton of money that you don't Mm -hmm. have to work for just Warner Brothers anymore if that's what you've been doing and like, oh, I pitched this movie to Netflix and they picked it up, but you're, you're still your independent studio in other words you don't have to work for netflix studios so right. i think i'm missing something in the way that was intended but um but yeah i mean i think it's a good thing um and actually yeah i think viability of medium to large is still pretty good right now i think it's the smaller ones like how do you you know how do you get a team of 15 people together and get on the map when there's so much competition and well-funded stuff but that's why it's important these companies make an effort like it at microsoft like making sure to support these things uh which we know sony recently said like indies won't be as important on ps5 but you know we'll, we'll see where that goes exactly okay so let's move on to squad up since we're getting to yeah. the end of the show here um this is <laughs> this is from Pokemon Our God. very own 2038 Pokemon CEO. My name is Nicholas. In 2038, I have a foolish dream of becoming the Pokemon Company CEO. On my daily 5K, I pass one Pokestop. I could use gifts. I do not play often, but I love making friends within the community. In the last 24 hours, I reached out to Ryan Reynolds and Elon Musk to <laughs> sign a broken <laughs> clock. I'm preparing for my first meeting with Stanford and a trip to Washington, D.C. Wow, you're a busy guy. Yeah. Pokemon connects people regardless of age, social class, gender, language. I know my dream may never come true. Seven years down, 19 more to go. It would, it would be foolish to quit now. What are you waiting for? Squat up and send the gifts. Let's make memories of a lifetime. History remembers the fools. So Pokemon CEO in Pokemon Go has put his Number. game um, ID in here. It is seven six two eight zero one three seven four two six four. And of course, that'll be in the show notes yeah. um, if you are not somewhere where you can write that down. Um, and uh, good luck with yeah. all of your gift getting. Yeah, Pokemon Go Community Day is coming up, I think, July 21st. We know where Andrew Goldfarb will be and Greg Miller now. But um, anyway, I thought it was timely with Greg talking about it. And hopefully this wasn't already on. I tried to look back, but I'm pretty sure we hadn't mentioned it, even though we know Pokemon CEO so well. Exactly. All right, let's move on to You're Wrong. Here we go. This is where we ask you to write into kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to keep us honest throughout the show. And Lord of Pwns says the Lego podcast set needs 8,805 more votes. Fran is bad at math. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't know why I shout that. I think I said the right version at some point. And apparently know. there's already a decent Lego Benandria. I have to look at that link. Yeah. So I don't have access to the form. It's not working for me. I'm going to rely on you. Oh, oh, you don't? <gasps> I'm sorry, I'll friend. use my phone. We'll get it's you. We'll get you. Issue. We'll get okay. you on this. Um, Just use my login. I tried. It's okay. Evan O says Ubisoft subscription will be on Stadia. So if you're subscribed, you will get new games day one on Stadia through the Ubisoft subscription, which includes DLC. Yeah. You don't need the Stadia subscription to play your Ubisoft subscription on Stadia. That, I believe, that? is we not for that. new games. Or is it also for new games? Because this also goes into the the thing that uh, Lanky Dragoon is saying here. Andrea speculated there would be an emphasis on older Ubisoft games being part of Stadia subscription. Ghost Recon Breakpoint is going to be part of the service and will launch only about a month or two before Stadia launches. It's mm-hmm. also been reported that Watch Dogs Legion will be part of Stadia when the game launches. And that's yeah. the difference, though, is that those games, I don't believe, are included in the regular Stadia service. You have to have the pro subscription. And we also don't know if Wait. the pro subscription is going to include those games. I don't I've... think that they've confirmed if those AAA games are are included in the pro subscription or if you have to pay a fee on top of that wait a minute i've not heard that at all we've you've heard or th- that you have to have the pro subscription just to play a game like watchdogs at launch uh yeah well you can only play founders right founders mm-hmm. are the only people who can play right for a certain period of months oh so maybe that's what you're getting at mm-hmm. which is meaning there's an extent you so- have to be part of founders club to play stadia period until i don't think we know the official worldwide release date yet right. for the platform that if you're talking about that yeah but in other words no i have to carry yeah we don't know it doesn't it's not like you have to pay 60 bucks a year just to play an online game but or do we know that i don't See think we have specific clarity yet on how they're going to handle brand new AAA games in addition to the subscription service that they have. Like, for example, if you want to play Call of Duty Modern Warfare at launch, 
when Stadia goes live, I don't believe Modern Warfare is included in the Google Stadia Pro subscription. I think that's okay. a separate fee to play on top, but I don't have confirmation of that. Okay. That is just my understanding. So we'll look more into it. I know, Fran, we got a few minutes, Fran. You'll Doing be okay. That. I'm, I'm so, um, well, I got to be on the And thankfully, Boardson put the YouTube link um, for the episode of the Gamescast that we were talking about. Thank you very much. Um, I'll show it to you after your call. Um, let's see here. There's some numbers for Monster Hunter. Um, let's see if I if any of these I can get to quickly. Monster Hunter um, oh, I on was Wii sold 2009, one. sold 1.9 million. Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on 3DS sold 4.2 million copies. Okay. According to Alex Russ, in 2017, Monster Hunter XX sold 1.8 on 3DS. You see, I mean, so like substantially less than previous. Yeah. Massive. Two or three times. Um, but this is also, remember, like the first time Monster Hunter yeah. World has come to multi-console in this way. It's predominantly mm-hmm. been... Uh, a handheld game and PlayStation ecosystem, and now it was out on multi-platform. I think that helped a lot. Yeah, uh, Miss Date out today from Spencer for the Vita on Play Asia. Wow. Mega Wars Desert Ashes and War Theater got a one thousand copies of each game on sale. Both games are a love letter to Advanced Wars with a very unique art. Would appreciate you letting the fellow best friends know we got you, Spencer. Doing God's work. Um, another out today from Woody Sky Children of the Light from that game company is out for iPhone and iPad. It's the long-awaited follow-up to Journey, and it's done after years of beta testing. The game is also coming soon to Android, Mac, Apple TV, PC, and consoles. Uh, another deal of the day from Fendi. Flash sales happening on PSN right now, and it includes Batman Arkham Collection. Tell Barrett. Happy gaming, best friends. Um, and then just to confirm again, Ultimate Alliance is out tomorrow, July 19th. Um, and I guess we'll have to like get clarification on the Stadia Pro subscription. Yeah, I'll double stuff check. I'll see next if I can month. Remember, I'm hosting the show tomorrow with Andrea. So we'll be back doing the same thing tomorrow and we'll try to get some clarification on that. Also, I played some Sky and maybe we can talk about that. Is yeah. Definitely check that one out. Very awesome. cool looking. Very cool. Thanks for watching Kind of Funny Games Daily. We love you, everybody. It's been our pleasure to serve. Bye. Red's gotta go. The lights are still up. I'm running.